I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. International break, another one out of the way. I believe there's one to go. Is back to the real word of Barclays. And who do we play? That team that stopped the Invincibles that season. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Carnage. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, as the case may be, wherever you are tuning in from, from all around the world, because we know this show is international, right, people? We know this show is international. Um, welcome to another episode of Carnage, sponsored by the one and only EliteMe.com. www.EliteMe.com is the website. EliteMe is the name of the company for all your CBD needs, people. I've told you before, you know the story by now. It is, it's, it's seeing is believing, feeling is believing. You've got to try this stuff. It's that good. Um, they've got a vast range of CBD oils. They do balms. They do all sorts. Now, go and check them out. And you know what? If you go on their website and you type in LFC10, you even get a 10% discount. So you literally can't go wrong. What do you want, blood? So, yeah, before we uh, go, I needed to give my – amazing sponsors they've been so patient with me um i've had a, i've had a, a couple of weeks off and they weren't happy with me but hopefully i'm back in their good books um but yeah welcome 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 what a panel i've got today to talk all things football and all things watford in particular that team uh, that we used to love because they gave us mr john barnes himself and we are forever grateful for them but last time out, um, they gave us a bit of a spanking. Let's not be around the bush. And um, I've got the main man from all things Watford, the Watford correspondent himself, Mr. Jacob. How are we doing? Thank you so much. Very for coming good, on. mate. 
Grizz, it's a pleasure to be on. I know we, I think it was a year ago we linked up, didn't we? Uh, in, in lockdown. Yeah. Through 90 minutes as well, the main man. So, mate, great to be on. Great to be on Carnage. Oh, you know, I have to admit, I watched the show on a Thursday night. I know it's on a Friday today, but I do watch the show. You're a legend. That's why. This is why you're the official Watford correspondent. You are. <laughs> you know, the season that you was down, we missed you so much, JG. Oh, I wanted Watford back up in the Premier League because of you. Like, you know, your team, like, all right, whatever. But I thought, nah, <laughs> Jacob doesn't deserve, deserve the championship. He needs the Premier League. Mate, I need it. I need he it. Need it. Excellent. And, and I've got, I've got, um, you know, Conroy, who done an amazing job last time out, and I had to get him back. He done such an amazing job cocking up my intro that I thought he's part of the furniture. Because when you mess up, that, that's when you know you're part of carnage. Yeah, and, I've had the know, phone Chris to come in, so it didn't happen again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> So we thought, let's not take any risks, right, with Conroy. And we got the, you know, one of the seniors in, Chris Brack. Chris, how are we doing, pal? I think, correct me if I'm wrong, and you will, because you are the man with the stats and the facts. Your debut on Carnage. It is, mate. Debut Carnage, yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Looking forward to it. Enjoy watching these. Normally you rip in into Avi, which is always good fun. Take it up for me doing it on a Friday night. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do eeny, meeny, miny, mo who I'm going to pick on today. Because <laughs> I tend to sometimes pick on Jakey on 90 minutes. Conroy got it from me. Conroy got it from me from the last carnage. But Chris, I do my turn this time. You being a senior member, it feels a bit weird if I picked on you. But let's see how it goes. No promises, Chris. <laughs> um, if it's fair game, mate. If it's fair game. Exactly. Listen, let's, um, a lot of people are sort of want to talk about Klopp's press conference today, Chris. I think everyone, um, here we go. Let's uh, let's get this one up first away. Thank you so much for the super chat from King Rich. He says, Klopp moaning, I thought he was content with the squad. Um, what does he mean by this, Chris? Anything happened in the press conference today? Yeah, I mean, Klopp bodied a few people this weekend. Um, to be fair to him, um, it seems to be a thing now with Klopp, isn't it? Uh, if Klopp gives a, a criticism or an honest opinion, he's moaning about the squad. He actually doesn't mention moaning about the squad. What he mentions about is things like uh, Curtis Jones doesn't train for England all week, not fit. They don't send him for a scan, but then they throw him on for the last 20 minutes against Andorra, so not exactly a big game. Guess what? He's come back with a, with a groin injury, which he had. So that's why he's looking and going, well, how's that fair? You know, so that's not moaning about the squad. That's moaning about how people organise things. And the thing that he's been mentioned before, which is, you know, it's okay for Brazil to play a game on a Friday morning, but then we can't, and then we do, we miss about players. How is that fair when in Spain, they just, the Spanish players go, do you know what? We'll give those teams the weekend off because then we want to make it, you know, give ourselves the best opportunity. So it's things like that he's he's gone for. And then I think he also went for Gareth Southgate, uh, which was, I think the line was, Gareth gets influenced by players not playing for the playing for the club, he said, but Mr. Stones must be a special case, which is a good point. I think that was his hint of, I think he'd like Joe Gomez to go and play with England because he could do with some minutes, but because he's not playing for Liverpool, he doesn't get picked. But John Stones does get picked, despite the fact he's not played a single minute for City yet this year. So to be fair to him, I thought they were all valid points. They weren't really bones. And he kind of said, that's why we have a big squad. But he said, but we're not robots. You know, you need to kind of organise the calendar a bit better. But then again, mm. People accuse Klopp and moaning about the half twelves after Champions League games, and lo and behold, a year later, they've seen sense and gone. It's probably not great doing a half twelve when people play Champions League on a Wednesday, and we don't do it now. So, 
he's normally ahead of the curve, uh, but I have no doubt BT Sports will have a field day because they'll be dying to goad him again. They will, they will. Conright, your opinions on, on the Klopp um, press conference? I mean, obviously, it's it's always going to be blown sort of blown up to be bigger than what it usually is because of the fact that it's Klopp. And I'm not just saying just Klopp. Obviously, any one of the big four or three managers that speak on this kind of topic, it always gets sort of, you know, exaggerated or maybe magnified. Um, see, I'm slightly in disagreement with Chris, in, in only in the aspect of I don't think he needed to bring out the Gomez and the Southgate chat. I thought that was, what was the purpose of that? Did you see the wisdom behind it? Because I'm not the most wise. Maybe you saw the wisdom behind it. What possibly could have been the wisdom behind it? And and his other chat about sort of, that makes sense. The, the fixtures, sorry, the timing of the fixture, not to be able to put it back in the evening. Um, the fact that Curtis Jones was injured. They knew he was injured, yet they played him again. So that all makes sense. What did you think overall? I, I do think at times, I feel like, I know some people might think Klopp goes in with these mind games and at times he probably does try that. But sometimes I do feel it's a bit like once he gets one out, as Chris said, he just kind of went for a few today. I think he was just annoyed. And he, he is emotional, is maybe the wrong word, but at times I feel like he does hold hold back sometimes in the press conferences not to give anything away. But as Chris said today, I think he just, it was one thing after the other. I do agree with Grizz more on the kind of the Gomez thing, the Southgate thing. I feel like, We've heard that previously. I don't really know if he had mm. to go to that. I completely understand the Jones thing. Um, and then I know he's not alluded to yet, but the Newcastle, that's probably the headline mm. from the press conference, to be honest, that he, he's... Um, I don't want to go too far off topic, but he basically said a couple, well, maybe six months ago, not even that long ago, we're talking about uh, the Super League and how it's a disgrace. But now, equivalently, we've got a super team and he he couldn't see... Obviously, there's differences in the amount involved, but he said there is there is a relation there but there doesn't seem to be the same opinion towards that, which I'm kind of on the fence about, to be honest, but I'd like to get your guys' thoughts. But overall, I agree with Grizz in the sense I don't really see the point about bringing the Gomez thing. It's like, uh, to me, it just seemed like it was like one came out the bag and then a few just followed it today with the press conference. But that's that's kind of yeah. typical Klopp, isn't it? He's a very emotional guy, wears his heart on his sleeve and passionate about certain things, and he's not scared to talk about them and bring them up. Um you know, and I think LFC Aaron here with a super chat, appreciate the super chat, Aaron. He says, Klopp is one of the last honest men in ever growing dishonest game. Klopp will walk away from Watf- Watford. I was going to say, Klopp will walk away from Watford. You wish, mate. You walk away from Watford. <laughs> That'd be a great 2023 Klopp, for Jacob. Klopp, Klopp, loving life, Klopp will walk away from football in 2024. <laughs> I'm still great man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, Coming you, to you, Jacob. Sorry, go on, Chris. What was you going to say? Did, did you think about the Gomez thing where I think maybe brought it up is John Stones isn't playing for City, but he can get in the England squad. So but Why do basic... you care about that? Though? No, no, but but what's he doing What's he doing for Man City? He's getting minutes into a rival's legs and basically getting John Stones, in a way, getting John Stones up to speed. So when John Stones gets thrown for City, it's not like he's going in cold. He's played three or four games for England. I do think it's which, pick, why your can't... Battles, pick your battles. Oh. Like, it's just a bit... Or maybe he's nothing. going, well, why, can you, why couldn't you do that for England? Let's be fair, England have done Gomez quite a few times injury wise no, I, I, I do get it Chris I understand I, I do understand the the, the the thing behind it but it just it does kind of scream to me pick your battles so mm. a lot for nothing really in that one but I, I do get what you're saying yeah Jacob sorry mate what were the comments about Curtis Jones I've 
is it something to do with him playing in the Andorra game? Yeah, so basically, so, so basically Curtis, Curtis Jones has been um, injured whilst on international duty. Um, he seemed to have a groin strain, so he didn't play in the first yeah, game first or game. two. Was it first, first two games? No, it was only first game. Then he played two. So he didn't play in the first game because he was ruled out with a groin injury. He was named as a substitute a few days later in a game against Andorra that really didn't need him to come on, knowing that he's just recovered or recovering possibly from a groin strain and, and Klopp blew his lid. Like, why they they should have known that he's carrying an injury, he's ruled out from the first game. Why has he been brought on in the last few minutes against Andorra? Did it make sense? Um, I think there should be a certain blame attached to Curtis Jones. He should he should have been maybe wiser, but he's a young lad. He probably wanted to come on. Uh, mm. Just probably know your body better than 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 others but that was the that was the moan about Jake uh, about uh, Curtis Jones from Klopp Jacob but I was going to ask you what do you think about as an outsider when you when you see these things from Klopp or he comes out with uh, statements about certain things sure. um what do you think of him as a manager when in, in terms of press conferences and, and his relationship with the media you know what, mate? We, we had a little bit of a joke before about Klopp being at Watford. I would love Klopp to be your manager. I mean, he's so he's got such an infectious personality. And if I was a player playing for Klopp, I would run through brick walls for him because he's such a good man manager. And I think what he's clever at, and you, I mean, the fact that we're talking about these comments in the media, regardless of whether they're right or wrong, he's taking the pressure off his own players, if you know what I mean. So I think it's a very clever tactic and the best managers do it. Pep does it, Klopp does it. <clears throat> pardon me, Fergie did it. The the best managers take the pressure off their players. And look, we're not even talking about tomorrow's game yet. So that's not even the thing that everyone, Liverpool fans are talking about. They talk about the comments. That I think made. it's a great, I think you make an absolute yeah, brilliant point. Brilliant point, Jake. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, three, three, three experienced members of the Trippers didn't even think of that. And you've just come mm. in. Because we get sucked right in. We get emotional. Jake's just like part. sociopath at the side. There you go. <laughs> but, no, but it's true. He, he's spot on. All the great managers do it. Before, do you remember Mourinho done it? Mourinho was the best that I thought. But yeah. That was just. He's made a living out of it. That everything is against them, and then and then before you know it, the game started, and you're not even talking about the game on the pitch, and you're still talking yeah. about his comments. And the players can just, but you know, on the side, he's got his players absolutely focused and ready for that game. Um, and then, and as Jakey says, you know, all the great managers do it. So yeah. You know, just on that, I sort of interrupt, but did yeah, you yeah. see that the, the, the new documentary coming out about Mourinho and Pep? And it's like a little clip at when uh, Pep won the Champions League when they knocked Chelsea out. Mourinho goes into a press conference and says, I would be ashamed if I won that Champions League because they basically they shouldn't have beat Chelsea because of the, the referee's performance. Just like <laughs> stuff like that. That's like top classic house rage. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. next level. That ref, that ref had to retire after that. Well, Quite right. Yeah, it was a shocking performance. But I it was, was quite a happy, but it's not. It was a sh- it was a shocking performance, but uh, it was all the death threats he got. So in the end, that referee never refed again. But that still that still ranks probably second or third in terms of most notorious awful refereeing games. I mean, yeah. obviously Brian's the death threats is horrendous. I'm not saying that. Oh yeah, but it was. I mean, it was a horrendous performance. But do you remember the game about Man United and Arsenal when Arsenal lost the Invincibles? I know we were talking about when Liverpool lost the, the the record against Watford. Arsenal went to Old Trafford and it was one of the most horrendous. How did Gary Neville not get sent off in that game? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, 
but but listen, let's get back on point. And this is um it's as vital as any game is in the Premier League in, in this in this season's campaign because of the fact that it's so close at the top and every game, every point is vital. Um sort of the margins of Vera are huge, aren't they? And Chris <laughs> Let me put it this way, Chris. Coming off the back of two draws against Brentford and Chelsea, we cannot afford to slip up at all against Watford, can we? You, you wouldn't have thought so. I mean, if, we, if you're gonna the year Liverpool won the league, uh, these sort of games they found a way they found a way through. So, look, like you said, um, maybe because of the comments as Jake Rice pointed out, it's taking the pressure off the team a little bit. But I feel this is a game Liverpool. Will win, but I think it's going to be a horrible game. I think it's going to be one of those horrible games that you just want to get it over with and get it done with. Because uh, Watford away is normally for us tricky. I think I'll, I know, I think our record is, I think apart from the last game, we've won our last two or three before that, but it never feels like a straightforward game. It feels a bit like when we used to go to Burnley away, where you probably should win, but you've got to be, you've got to have your own game on you. Absolutely. You do. You have to because. You know, they've got a certain uh, little manager that's uh, taken over. Jakey, I want to ask you, um, like, you know, like, sort of there's normal manager of the month awards, right, going around. Like, I think one of your, your managers should have a, a, a manager of the month, like, sort of survival award, right? Because it's, <laughs> no, but it's ridiculous, right? Like, talk to me. Talk, <laughs> talk, talk. <laughs> Talk to me through the process. You the think the contracts process. are like each month, like you, if you don't get past two months, you don't get the certain salary. Or, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I saw a great tweet the other day, which is Ranieri's going to stay for two seasons, autumn and winter. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably spot it's on. not wrong, mate. I don't think you'd yeah. get much money if you bet on that, to be honest. I'll tell you what you look but at. Since, games, mate. Oh. since, since, since the, since the, is it, look, talk to us through the ownership's, mindset and what's the thinking and thought process from their point of view how it how it seems because to the outside world yeah it seems like you're you, it seems like you're sort of taking on the chelsea model of manager man, managerial roles right mm. um what's the thinking or what's the thought process from a watford point of view yeah well where do you start i'll t- I tell you what we'll start with this, this season in terms of how we view the manager as Watford fans. So we sit 15th in the league. We've got seven points, two wins, one draw and four losses. And on the surface, I think, as you guys have mentioned, from the outside, it looks like a very harsh sacking. Uh, look, over the course of the season, you're looking at about 38 points. So that would probably, on average, keep you up. But unfortunately, if you'd watch Watford, you'd know, and a lot of Watford fans know this, the performances have been absolutely shocking after the opening day of the season against Aston Villa. We won 3-2. And I think it was almost a case that we almost overperformed a little bit. And in, in terms of that new managerial bounce back in the Premier League, we set the standard up here against a weakened Aston Villa team that, unfortunately, it was only going to go down. I didn't really appreciate that at the time. But we went on to play Brighton, Tottenham, Wolves, where we lost three on the bounce. We won at Norwich away, which we should be winning. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. We were dreadful against Newcastle. And, and Grizz, you know what? The Newcastle game was the one for me where I thought a change had to be made. We could have been 4-0 down against Newcastle and, and no disrespect to Newcastle, but this was before the ownership. This was before the, the ownership bounce and they were in absolute disarray on and off the pitch. 
we could have been four 0 down at half time, and I thought to myself, this is not the right man to take us forward because we set up in a four three three. We were in a possession formation with a counter attacking style. It was it was honestly bizarre, and there was no real progression in terms of the style of play. I mean, it was kind of capped off uh, just before the international break at Leeds away, where there was no cohesion to the team. It was so disconnected. There was no identity to the style to the style of play. And I, I have to admit, and this is, I don't, generally don't think I'm being biased here. I think we've got a good enough squad to stay in the Premier League. And you look at our next eight games, and I think the owners have gone, and this is going back to your question, they've thought, look, can we get a new managerial bounce with a difficult run? We've got to play you guys, obviously, Everton away, Arsenal away, Chelsea at home and Manchester City at home in our next eight games. Can we get a new managerial bounce? Can we get a man in who has vast experience and Ranieri fits the bill? And can we get a man in who is going to demand the respect of the players? And unfortunately with Cisco, because he hadn't had a lot of managerial experience, it meant that when the chips were down, ultimately it was difficult to pick them back up again. He was a very positive very exuberant character that when it's going well, it's brilliant. And that's why he was so good in the championship. But yeah. when you have games where we do lose three on the bounce, you need a, an experienced head to pick the team back up again and maybe win ugly one uh, one week. So in answer to your question, I think the the owners have looked at it and gone, look, I, it's it's actually more of a risk to keep Cisco than, than to replace a new manager, if that makes sense. And I think that's probably the thinking behind the decision. Um. Um, Kevin O'Sullivan and the previous, um, was it Kieran? I think Kieran, Kieran, Kieran B, B yeah, was yeah. asking about sort of in terms of how Watford are going to set up and we're going to get into that later. So um, just stick around, people. We will get into the way, uh, we will get into insight from Jakey, how they're set up and how he's expecting them to set up. But Conroy, sort of off that, what, what Jakey described about sort of the roller coaster uh, of managers um, that sort of Watford are, uh, employing um i think this i think as, as he says this is the one that will will kind of it makes sense in terms of this guy has got a, um a fairly good record in the premier league he he's, he's, he comes with huge experience ranieri what are your thoughts on on this appointment and um are we going to feel the effects of the of the dilly dong bounce <laughs> conroy's in deep thought. You know what? Conroy, That's <laughs> Conroy's in deep thought. So we're going to get Chris's uh, <laughs> um, thoughts on that question for our post to Conroy. I think Ranieri is a, a good manager. Uh, I agree with what Jake's saying. Uh, I was listening to uh, Neil Axon, the Anfield rap, and when he actually says, when you look at the last three or four games for Watford, the underlying numbers around it was they were, they were getting battered, but they were getting battered by nice Newcastle and Wolves, who aren't. Anything to you want anything you should be really worried about. So I I can see it. it just seems to be like a running joke that Watford lose a manager every two months. I think he'll do well for him, but he's very much a four four two man, and it's how quickly he can bet that in. Because I don't know if your squad is designed for four four two. I think it's designed more for you know, most clubs now play four three three or four five one. Uh, and I think you've got a few key injuries uh, with uh, a few. I think you've got two fit centre backs now in the squad. So yeah, yeah, we've got we're, we're struggling at the struggling. yeah. So touch wood. Um, it might work in our advantage because I think Ranieri might use this as a game to see what he's got and go and use it as a free hit. So it might suit us actually to play play them this early. Uh, I th- I've seen a recent stat that says uh, the new manager bounce isn't quite as big a thing as we think it is. Uh, I think it tends to be. Thirty percent of them get wins in the first game. It only takes a few few games for him to really kick in. So 
I think fingers crossed we should we should be okay. But I think I think Ranier will do well there. You know, he knows the league. He do, he, he knows how to be pragmatic. You know, and he's an experienced manager, and he's already starting his lesser tricks now. Aren't, aren't you guys getting pizzas if you get a, if you get a clean sheet this weekend? No pizzas. We get dinner apparently. Dinner. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Conor, I asked you the question uh, before your cat pulled out the 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 route. I pulled out the Ethernet cable, mate. Sorry. Yeah, that, yeah, guys. I know she did. Um, but um, I was gonna. I was just asking you in terms of sort of Ranieri. Is can you see this appointment being sort of a stable appointment? Do you see it as a stable appointment, a, a steady appointment, or do you think this is quite an ambitious, ambitious move from Watford? Not, not in the sense of I, I wouldn't worry about Watford like um, managerial appointments. Like they just they get it done either way by hook or by crook. The, the model it does work. It's successful to a certain extent, even though they got relegated. There's been a lot of positives from it. However, I don't understand this appointment. Listen, Watford could win 4-0 tomorrow. I'm still not going to change my opinion on this. Mm-hmm. I just think it doesn't make sense. Where is the proof that Ranieri... Because nine times, let's be honest, Jake, you're probably going to be in a relegation battle or close to it. Ranieri last season, why do people forget what he'd done at Fulham? Like That was absolute mess what he'd done there. He's not good at that situations. For me, it, it won't work. It just... I just I I think there's better people for the job for what, what you need to do for Watford and I just I can't I can't be uh, seeing it being that successful to be perfectly honest. I hope I'm wrong. I really like Ranieri, but the last time he was successful it was with a team who were going for the league. Remember that he didn't keep them up that season. It was Nigel Pearson, so he went done a great job. But that was when everything was positive. I for me I, I just I don't see it as being a good appointment to be honest. I think the proof was in the pudding with Fulham. Um, Bear in mind, he didn't finish the season with Fulham. Scott Parker's literally got a managerial career because Ranieri didn't do a good job. Let's put that in perspective. Jakey, He's literally... Jakey welcome to Conroy Talks. This is <laughs> no, uh, Conroy where where, no, if, where the chat will tell you that you know Conroy hates all the good people. I love Ranieri. I just don't think it fits at all. Yeah, that, you know, they're absolutely entitled to that uh, opinion. I'm, I'm very much, obviously, I can't say whether it's going to do well or not. What I do know is I think we've got a better chance of staying up under <laughs> Ranieri than Cisco. So yeah. I think what I appreciate particularly is you guys understanding the model because, I mean, we, we won't get into the mainstream stuff, but some of the stuff I was seeing online after, you know, the sacking is just a lack of research. It's, it's so frustrating to me as a Watford fan because he takes one search on, on Twitter, watching, listening to one podcast and you can find out everything you need to know about the club. But that's another story. In terms of Ranieri, look, I think, I don't know whether Fulham's a, a fair example to use against him because um, immediately the relationship between the owner and him was was fractured. I think the great thing about him coming in is the, pot, the Potsos have known him for a long time, for about 20 years. They actually tried to appoint him at Udinese before he went to Chelsea um, if you remember just before Abramovich came in so th- there's a there's a bit of a there's a relationship already there um, I just think it'll be really interesting to say as you guys mentioned to see how he sets up now I, th- I think he's very much a, a 4-4-1-1 kind of guy or a 4-3-1-2 and I think we all know he's going to go for the 4-4-2 defensive sort of version particularly in the Premier League and I think what we saw from his Sampdoria teams were teams that were very aggressive on the front foot look to press high. And I think that actually utilises the likes of Saar, the likes of Dennis, uh, the likes of Pedro as well, who's coming back into fitness. That's their best strength. Where I think we are a bit like, as you guys touched on, is... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the centre-back areas. And, you know, if we look, look ahead to tomorrow, just in terms of, you know, just in terms of who we're missing out, uh, I've got a list here. We're missing Sierra Alta, who's our best centre-back. We're missing Cabasele, who's a, who's a decent backup for us. And Kulu, who's just joined on a free, he's going to take three weeks to get to fitness. Peter Atibo, who's been one of our best centre midfielders so far this season. And Josh King, who's probably our best number nine. So we are light. There's no doubt about it. So I'm not expecting us to win tomorrow, not at all. I think, Grizz, we mentioned on 90 Min, didn't we, about how I'm just expecting a performance and a pickup in performances and encouraging signs that we can build on this because I think it's unrealistic for any Watford fans going into this expecting us to win. Not at all. We know Liverpool are far, far superior and far better. But what we can see is a performance and making it difficult for you guys like we have done over the previous season. So we'll be very interesting to see how we set up as we'll, I'm sure we'll get later on in the show. Wait, it's quite funny, Jake. Oh, sorry, Chris. I was just going to say the last time I remember us playing against someone who just got a new manager and I think I said this, Chris, earlier in the week. I might, it might not be the last time, but I remember Craig Shakespeare Leicester. Leicester literally looked horrific, couldn't go near the ball. And then in that game, we lost 3 1. They were, you know, running through brick walls for Craig Shakespeare. Ironically, he took place of Ranieri. So you never know, mate. These first games, a new manager comes in, they're strange games. I know Chris said the 30% thing, but they can be difficult. Well, no, I mean, what you need. What, sorry, go on, go on, go on. Go on. Yeah, no, just, just one thing I just came into my head is in terms of the international break and. Like, we had to make the change now because we had the international break. But, for example, Ismail Assar is only going to get one day of training with Ranieri. And that is a, that's not great because Ranieri is so meticulous with his preparations, as most experienced managers are. And for him, to, I, I, maybe, and this might be a bit of a long shot, maybe he doesn't start because Ranieri is so meticulous with his preparation. Maybe he goes, look, we'll give it 60 minutes and then we'll bring Saar on. If we were going to play Saar, I'd actually, controversially, I'd actually put him on the left-hand side. And the reason being is I feel Trent is the man you have to stop on that right-hand side, of course. And I feel I'd much rather pin him back than Robertson. And Robertson's a world-class left-back, there's no doubt in that. But I feel Trent's creativity is something that Saar could potentially halt because he is a threat. And whether Trent would want to be more aggressive going forward on the right-hand side, I think Saar could potentially stop that. But... Look, Ranieri knows better than me, but it'll be interesting to see how it's 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 good you raise it's good you raise a few tactical points and we'll get on to sort of how we think um each of our teams can sort of hurt the the opposition. Chris, you know, like in terms of the way Jake and and and, and um even Conroy have spoke about sort of um you know Liverpool should win this, um Watford's record the players missing, etc. What you need in these kind of games is levelers, sort of outside influences in terms of what can what can possibly make it closer, if you know what I mean. And things like international breaks, things like early kickoff away game, things like the new manager and it being Claudio Renu, who's probably, you know, very high in the popularity stakes. Of course, not in Conroy's household, but in most households. No, I do you love Ranieri. No, I you're getting it. Do. You're getting it. Like you spoke about the Tinker Man like that. Wait, I've, I've got Bicelli when he sings at Leicester on my save videos on YouTube. When Leicester well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Jakey, but I'll tell you what. Jakey, without knowing, without knowing, 
how much you worship Robertson. Had a little slide dig back at this. Oh, I love that little smile you done when he was talking about Robertson, being, you know, <laughs> rather than know. Trent. You know, I, so I don't actually good. think he meant that, but I thought it, I, was, I was smiling. <laughs> but Chris, I think I think he did mean that. He did mean that. <laughs> but Chris, there's only one left back who's got 40 assists in the Premier League this year, and his name is Robertson. All right, all right, all right. Mate, I love both those players. No, I'm not no, slagging no. any of them. Don't worry. No, I know, mate. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. But Chris, um, so all these things taken into consideration, there is always, there's always that hope um, for a smaller team and for the for the for the TV people that this could be um, an upset. How do we address that? How do we deal with these issues? Um, yeah, I mean. The, the loss of uh, the loss of Allison and Fabinho is a bit of a, a bit of a leveler as well because it's it's two world class players. Huge, yeah. You know, as much as Kelleher is a highly rated goalkeeper, he's not Allison, so it automatically gives you a bit more of a chance. Um, the key for it is probably we've got to. It's probably the first twenty minutes. You've got to quiet the crowd down and get get control of the game. Ironically, actually, despite the fact we won, we didn't do that very well at Leeds, and we probably didn't do it very well away at Brentford. We didn't do it at all, Brentford. We Mm. we didn't calm the fans down at all at any stage, yeah. Yeah, so we've kind of got to go, a bit like we did in the year we won it, is very pragmatic and almost like take take the will out of them. You know, it is keep the ball, it is let them run themselves out. Because I do, look, we've seen this year, Liverpool are averaging three goals most games. So scoring, you know, touch wood hasn't hasn't been too much an issue. It's been silly defensive errors and lapses in concentration. So for me, it's got to be keep the ball. Frustratingly, this is this is a perfect game for Thiago. Um, we haven't got him. So you've got to. I think you've got to find players who are good on the ball, which is why you probably need someone like a Cater, um, who you know, while he has his critics, I think I'm one of the, I'm one of them. Um, he is very good at keeping the ball. He is very good at keeping the tempo of the balls. I think that's kind of what you need. Um, not go too gun ho. So that's what I think we need to do is kill it in the first twenty minutes. Conray, um, we we said the same. I think most of us had a chat about the before the Leeds game, and in the end, we managed to sort of get a control of that game. Um, but the Brentford one uh, is our last away game against a, um, a promoted team, and we didn't fare very well, did we? It was a bit of a it was a bit of a throwback to sort of. Um, the t uh, the games in in early days of clock like where 17, it was 18 games yeah you know the heavy metal football the rock and roll yeah which we don't uh, actually do anymore but people well, who don't this, watch well, us this is it I mean I know I'm, I'm going to get into the sort of how we think we're going to set up a little bit later but could this be a game where we sort of how Chris has said we should approach the game or we could approach the game do you think there's a chance we just say Sodom Monday Watford like no disrespect, Jakey, uh, block your ears if you want for the next thirty seconds. But do we think? Do we say this is Watford? They've just come up. They've got mountain of injuries, just like we had last season, all in one area. It seems from what Jake tells us. Do we? Is there a? Is there a? Is there a thing? Is there a sort of energy inside you that says, "Let's just go for it. Let's let's just attack them from day like from the first whistle." I hear what you're saying, Grizz, but see, to be honest, you mentioned the Brentford game. That's the one game that makes me think when we done that and we put we put you know we put it on the table, we couldn't we couldn't finish when we had to. We had the chances in that game to write it off against Brentford and we played it like basketball and that's the reason we drew, because I feel like at the end of the day we just couldn't kill the game off. I don't think we'll approach it like that with Watford. I feel like there's enough in that team to control the game and be smart about it and then just take the chances when they come. I feel like the Brentford one for me showed that when we play that way, 
there is weaknesses. Um, like, like any team, if you're going to play the gun hole, there's going to be weaknesses. Like specifically, it was Trent. It wasn't actually Trent's fault, but the, Brentford like aimed for the left side and literally put three men from a diagonal ball on that side. So I don't know what Trent's meant to do about that. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, for me, um, I feel like with, even with the midfielder, if you've got to say Hendo, Milner and Keita, I think that's enough to control the game, Grizz. I think we'll, we'll still go about it the usual way. I would maybe have not been of that opinion if I hadn't watched the Brentford game this season. But due to that, I think we'll go with a more measured approach. I tell you why I mentioned that approach and possible approach from my side, because you keep mentioning the Brentford game because it was being the last one and, and, the, and the manner of it. But Brentford have been coached meticulously by the same coach for X yeah, amount Thomas of time. Frank, yeah. Watford will be a total different entity. Well, as as, as Jakey says, Watford, he's had two weeks. Yeah, yeah, so two, two weeks. Yeah, two and weeks. and can you do you know? I might have put you on the spot here, but do you know the players that were away on international duty that he's only had a few days with? So on the top of my head, mate, obviously the big one, Sar with Senegal. Uh, Imran Loser was away with Morocco. Uh, who else have we got? Emmanuel Dennis Kutska with Slovenia, uh, Slovakia rather, um, and. Uh, William Trustekong with Nigeria, so we, there was there was actually quite a few players that were away. So, and are these are these are these in and around the first team squad? Yeah, like these these are players that are either at least on the bench. Every so time. see what I mean. So there's an aspect of me thinking they just won't have it had enough time on the on the on, on the on the training ground. They won't, you know, especially with the with the, with the centre back scenario as well. Um, but we'll get on to sort of how we think we're going to set up and I'll uh, get your uh, opinions, Chris and Conroy. Um, Jake, so tell us sort of how you expect um, a tactical change, sort of formation change, possibly from um, your previous manager to this one. And if you've done some research on Ranieri, how he's set up, I know you mentioned Sampdoria. Yeah, how, do you think, how, how do you think he will sort of <laughs> instill that into this Watford set of players? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the two formations that Ranieri liked to Sampdoria, which is, look, how much you're really into that because it is a different league with Serie A, but it was a similar situation with Sampdoria. I actually spoke to a Sampdoria fan and they were playing absolutely atrocious football and he really? turned and, 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 and guided them to ninth. So it's kind of a similar scenario with, with Watford, actually. And with Sampdoria, he played a, a 4-4-1-1 or a 4-3-1-2. Now, I think, look, with the wide players that we have, which is probably our strongest area, you've got to play two wide men. So I think it will be the 4-4-1-1. Um, yeah. With the injuries, I don't think this will be his first 11. So he's, he's very much working with what he's given at the moment. But if I would, look, if we'll run through the team that I would that I would pick if, if I was Ranieri. So we'd go for the 4-4-1-1 with our Ben Foster in goal, with our key coat right back, William Trusticong and... While you, while, while you go through them, if you could give us a... Uh, a description of what type of player they are as well, because yeah, sure. there won't be household names to a lot of our listeners Sorry, and viewers. Yeah, yeah, Can no I worries. ask one question before that, Jake, just because uh, you're on Foster. Now, I spoke to, I know someone who stays in Fortford, uh, for, Watford, who goes to a few games, and it, uh, I, obviously I'm Scottish, so Backman had played in Scotland previously. Oh, yeah, he actually yeah. played, played against uh, Scotland for Austria as well, recently in the, the qualifier. What I was going to ask... Um, what is the current feeling? Because he he maybe informed me that there's been a bit of not unrest, but there's been chopping and changing. But was that because Backman was injured, or was it because of a mistake initially? Forgive me, I couldn't remember. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a it's a bizarre one actually with Backman. So it, he was announced that he was injured uh, before Norwich away, where we won three one, and then he was on the bench. 
it was it was bizarre. He had a brace on his knee. It was a really weird situation. And because Foster had come into the team and played pretty well, he's just kind of continued there. I actually think Batman's the one we should be playing because, as you said, he, I was really impressed with him at Kilmarnock. He, he came in last season midway through the year and, and was brilliant for us. Um, yeah, I heard that. It was very good. And he's 26 years of age and Ben Foster's 38. And I know you guys probably watched the Cycling GK or watched a few of his videos, but <clears throat> the fact of the matter is Batman is the, is, the in my opinion, the better goalkeeper long term. So, But I think Ranieri will probably go for that experienced head at the back. I don't think he'll be... I think if you if you if you ask him, thirty eight year old Ben Foster, who's seen everything in the Premier League, or Daniel Batman, who's only played four 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 games or so in the Prem, I think he's going to go for Ben Foster every time. Uh, so yeah, and sorry, mate, just in, just to run through <coughs> the team. So obviously you've got Ben Foster, as you all know, he's a very experienced goalkeeper. Yeah, <laughs> pardon me. At the back four, you've got Kika Feminier, who's a very attacking right back, and I think that's one area which I think Liverpool will look to exploit because he is very aggressive going forward. Uh, he's one of my favourite players because of that. And it works against the teams that don't pin you back. But we all know with Liverpool, with the likes of Mane, Salah, the two fullbacks bombing on, he won't get that luxury. I saw that five minutes ago. I was trying to keep a straight face. Sorry, mate. Uh, <laughs> Laura Duffy absolutely bodied you in the chat there. They all did. Red Steve went for the throat as well. The jugular there, Barry Linden. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that accent, you know. Yeah. yeah. I, I, thought I thought you were Welsh. Can we let Jakey run through the uh, lineup? Please, Sorry, Jake. Yeah. No oh. more funny comments in the chat as well, people. Go on. <laughs> Good crack. Yeah, so then then obviously the two centre-backs, as I mentioned, we, we haven't got our, our full-strength centre-backs. Uh, we've Sierra's out, Cabasele's out, uh, Nkulu, who we've just signed, who's uh, obviously an experienced Cameroon defender. So it'll probably be Cathcart, Craig Cathcart, uh, and William Truce the Kong, which I have to admit, Cathcart's probably one of the weakest players in the squad. Really? So yeah, that's a problem, to be honest with us. Uh, be he honest has, with so me. he hasn't been starting since you've been... Um, did but, he well, play a lot in the championship for you? he's been here for a long time. I think it's almost yeah. eight years. Um, but this is another thing against Cisco with the previous manager. So he was playing at right back out of position over a natural right back. That was another thing that fans were getting really frustrated with because we were playing a sense back out of position. And that was just another dilemma, which we just kind of just got really frustrated with. So Cathcart will be with William Truster Kong, who's the Nigeria captain and one of the fan favorites really. And then obviously a guy that you, you guys all know, Danny Rose, uh, Look, joined us on a free from from Spurs, and um, came uh, came in with his fitness not at a, re- at a great level because he'd only played under twenty three football under Mourinho, and he's come in. He's he's got his fitness up, and I still think he's a little bit off absolute sharpness, but he's been brilliant for us this season, really good. Um, so yeah, I think Danny Rose is one of those players which. Look, I think in a in a in a in a in a race, you'd, you'd back Salah every single time, pretty much against any defender. But I think Danny Rose against Salah is probably the best best batter we've got in the respect that Danny Rose has the experience of that against that calibre of player, if you know what I mean. I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that Salah won't beat him, but I've, yeah. I think Danny Rose has played against some of the elite in, in European football. So I'm looking forward to that battle tomorrow. In terms of the two midfielders, if we're going for a four, we'll go for uh, Saar on the right-hand side. As you guys all know, I think he'll probably join you next summer. You've then got the two midfielders <laughs> with Kutska, who's actually out at the minute. So it'll probably be Musa Sissoko, uh, who joined from Spurs in the summer, alongside Tom Cleverley. Uh, I think you guys know them. I mean, the, the big issue for me, Grizz, is that not one of those are ball-winning midfielders. 
Uh, I think that's where, again, we're a little bit light in that department. You, you still uh, miss the curie quite a lot, would you say? You're not really replaced the curie. You know what? I think great shout, Conroy, because I think we've seen this season how good Decore oh, is. He's outstanding against United, mate. Unbelievable. I mean, he just runs for days, doesn't he? He's he's such a. Uh, I, I said it at the time uh, that this guy is a really special player, and I think he's going to just keep going and keep improving under Benitez, who will get the best out of him. Um, so we, we we do we have missed him really since he moved on, and, and Etienne Capou, who was massive. Those two were yeah, brilliant. Yeah, good, good players. Uh, so Cucho Hernandez, who's dipped in and out of the team. He, he He's his first season here at Watford. Uh, scored on the opening day against Aston Villa. A some goal, some goal, mate. Matty Cash is still thinking about that. <laughs> he's a tricky winger because he, he likes to cut inside, so it'll be interesting to see him playing off the left. And then the two up front, which I would personally go for João Pedro in that number 10 role. He hasn't played a lot of football this year, but... Mate, this guy is special. I'm not even joking. This guy is seriously We We spoke about him, didn't we? We spoke about the start of the season and I mentioned him because he was very, very closely linked with us as well. And it was a surprise and a shock, to be honest with you, that Watford at the time managed to prize him away. I haven't kept tabs on him since. How has he been? Because I know he's talented. And also, do you think he's a cloudier in your type? I know you mentioned him playing in the ten. Does Ranieri play with that type of player, do you think? Or is that Come your man. heart speaking? That's a great question. I, I tell you what, first off on, on Zhao, for any player to lead the line in a promotion winning team is is, is is an achievement. But for an 18-year-old kid in his first season in English football to be one of our top goal scorers and leading the line in 46 games of a championship season pretty much and playing the majority of the games, is, I, th- I personally think is special. And in terms of his technical ability... Danny Rose has said it. He said he's one of the most exciting players he's seen and he's been around some really good players at Spurs. Moussa Soko said the same thing. This guy is so special in terms of his technical ability, but also what I like about him is he has that edge. He has that South American edge where he's willing to put in a bit of a dirty tackle, stamp on someone's toes off the ball. And I know obviously if you, don't, if you get sent off, then it's not great. But overall, he's, he's an exciting player and I think he'll get a big move uh, very, very soon. And then leading the line, someone you like, Chris, Emmanuel Dennis. I think he'll be... Dennis the Menace. Dennis the Menace. He's very quick, very quick player. Uh, Likes to make runs in behind. Will like to drift wide, which will be interesting to see how that works because if that happens, Zhao will have to push on into that centre-forward role. And then you have the likes of Saar and and potentially Kucho overlapping as well. So that's the team I would go for. Apologies, it's a bit long-winded, but... No, uh, we done that. We that was very much needed, and, and thank you very much for that, Barry. This is um, this is why we done that sort of catch up from Jake because you know people like you've only heard of one player. Come and get with it. <laughs> you got you're on carnage. You have got to be a football man to be on carnage. Come on, you should know more than one players. One player from Watford, um, Chris. From from listening to to sort of the insight from Jake about his club and everything and the way he, he expects them to set up, it seems like they haven't or they're missing that target man type striker, um, mm. sort of um, Troy Deeney. Troy Deeney's and the Josh. Oh, King someone apparently. just said that in the chat. <laughs> yeah, um, does that sort of does that favour us after our sort of experience with with Brentford? Or do you think that was just a one-off and we should um, sort of set up the way we set up? And also, do you think there's any surprises in the way we approach this game tactically? I don't want you to go into the personnel right now, um, but sort of in terms of tactically, in, in terms of formation. I mean, you can mention players, sorry. You have yeah, to. I know you mean. Best, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you'd like to think it was a bit more. I mean, 
to be fair, at Brentford, um, that their main their main man was in top form, but Matip and Van Dijk forgot how to head a ball. I've never seen Matip, I've never seen Van Dijk and Matip miss so many headers. It's very, it was very uncharacteristic. Uh, so I think we sort of set up the way we set up. I just wonder with the with the midfielders missing, do we go to a midfield two and play and do a, a four two three one? We always talk about Klopp doing it. He very rarely likes to go to it. So I get the feeling as much as we all talk about it, we'd like it. I think he just goes four three three, picks midfielders he's got available, and I think he just goes with Firmino over Jota. Uh, just because Firmino's had two weeks training and Jota's had a slight injury niggle with Portugal and just gives him a rest. I think that's what he does. I mean, the main man to play is, it's boring, but it's true, is Salah. He's got eight goals in six games versus Watford. So, you know, that's that's the plan. That's what you go for. Go, give it to Salah. <laughs> just to jump in there, I was in the away end in that 5-0 win where Salah scored four. <laughs> was- that was, honestly, you know what? There's some games where it's just a joy to watch some players. I know that sounds really weird when you lose 5-0. But, oh, my God, that's probably one of the best individual performances I've ever seen for a player. So good. So good. Yeah. Conroy, what do you do um, in your brain? How are you setting up against the Watford, the team that I, I pretty much agree with Jakey that he's going to set up as a 4-1-1, try to be compact. I don't think he's going to let Fem, um, Femina, uh, Bomon, Danny Rose is going to play. I think they're going to play pretty much a flat. Back four. I'm surprised. It's totally slipped my mind that Danny Rose is is your starting left back. I didn't know that. Conroy, how confident are you in terms of the way he's described their setup and the players that he's described cleverly in Sissoko? Mm, oh, this could come back to haunt me. This could be clipped, but not the most, um, not the most sort of players that you'd think will will have possession and control and dictate a midfield. Um, in return, how do we combat, not combat that, or how do we enforce our game then in terms of personnel and tactics? For me, I've got to, got to be honest, it's kind of similar to, to Chris. I, I do feel that, I know there's some suggestions in the chat, some people are saying, like, you know, the four-two-three-one is not LFC. I, I, I kind of agree with that. I feel like when we've tried to mix up with stuff like that in the past, then I know like we've got a limited choice in midfielders now. So, for example, you've got, I'm not going to go into the players, Chris, but there's a certain player you'd add in who might set that system, but I agree with uh, Chris. I feel like four-three-three measured approach. Just play like we have with the midfielders we've got, and I think we'll have enough to beat Watford. Just going with our usual plan like that. I I, I do get that this might be a different story in maybe a month's time once Ranieri's had more time to do that. But I feel like if if you know it's a quite a cliche phrase, but if if we go to them 100% to win the battle. We've got better players at the end of the day, so we should overcome that with the class we've got. And I think, and Jake, I don't know if you, you obviously not watched lots of Liverpool, but there is a lot of performances where Liverpool have done that. Maybe not this season, but in, in the past where it's a case of we get in these games, we, we do enough to create chances, we get the goal, we control the game, and then we maybe nick a second goal late on, and we just just got a professional performance. That's how I see us winning tomorrow and not giving Watford momentum. Because this is the one thing that happens. The new fans, sorry, the new manager comes in, obviously fans are back now, stadium's bouncing, right? I really, really hate when big teams just like play like Brentford you play basketball against them and just give them the ball back and give the crowd momentum it really annoys me so I think the best bet with Liverpool is just controlling the game from the start and just being professional about it and that's how I think we get the win I, I say I would love to come with some you know amazing link Chris to how we're going to unravel them by playing Ox in a false nine but I've got to be honest mate I think when you've got the form of Salah like that just put him on the park and then get the rest to run around them 
But no, yeah. I, think we'll, I think we'll have enough, mate. John, John, Jonathan makes a point here, and I wanted to sort of touch upon this topic before we go into our predictions in terms of lineups and scores. So, Chris, I come to you with this. He says Oxford come in handy if they play a low block with his runs in behind, but don't like him and Naby together in midfield. It's the big midfield conundrum, isn't it? We've all discussed it in the last couple of days. Um, LFC Twitter has been rife with sort of claims of if Ox doesn't get to play in a game like this where he's had two weeks with the squad and, and injuries to, well, absentee Fabinho, injuries to Thiago and who's the other one missing? Jones. Jones. So that's three starting you know, central midfielders. Um, Jones has been brilliant as well. Um what, what do you think about that? Because I, it frustrates me. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I agree with the noise about if Ox can't start in games like this, why on earth did we keep him? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I don't like Ox and uh, Cater in the same midfield. It doesn't work. The, every game we've played it, and I know we've won some of them. It doesn't work at all. The problem with Ox is, I'll try I'll look at phrases. It's not Jurgen Klopp's job to give Ox games to hope he get in fine form. You know, he's had, he had a full pre-season and he stunk the gaff out against Norwich. Nor- Norwich really got stunk the gaff out. He's in his own head at the moment. And I'd rather just be, I think at the moment, Ox has got to be an impact sub until he could, until perhaps in the League Cup games, he starts showing what, what we saw against um, Atletico Madrid two years ago. Well, I know we went out, but that was the best I'd seen Ox play since yeah, his knee injury. Yeah, yeah. But since then, he just looks a shadow of the player himself. And I don't think he's, he's in his own head, or you know, he can't help when his when his wife gives birth. But you know, maybe the slime does. Well, if he's if he doesn't miss the Burnley game, you know, does that get him his run? Uh, but at the moment, for me, Ox just has to be an impact sub uh, and do something in the League Cups. Once he can prove he can do something consistently and he's trusted. Then you can do that. Until then, for me, he, in that midfield, he's fourth choice. Um, he, to me, he's not, he's not considered an option for a start. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jake, um, when you look at this Liverpool team, obviously the, the obvious threat stand out. Obviously, you, you, you know. Where do you start? <laughs> yeah, well, 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 where do you start? Tell us, where do you start? And where do you think, um, and how do you think you're going you're gonna to sort of try to cope with that? Um Knowing that our midfield won't be sort of our first choice midfield, it will yeah. probably probably be our th- our second choice, right? All three. Well, Henderson wouldn't play as the number six. So, considering that, do you do you try to sort of flood the midfield and sort of try to overrun our midfield? Yeah. Look, I, it's very yeah. It's very easy to. I mean, it's very difficult to say. In terms of if Liverpool, as you guys have mentioned, if Liverpool turn up as we know they can, they will win the game. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that's not going to happen. What I think I can think we we can look to exploit is what I've noticed from when I watched Liverpool this season. And guys, correct me if I'm wrong, is the giving up of chances to the opposition have increased from the last season. So 
in terms of, I think there was a stat I saw the other day in terms of the number of um, chances of, have been worthy of 1.4 goals, which is the 11th best in the league. Interesting. So for, 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 for me, it's a case of, look, this is a cliche, but we have to take our chances with the chance that we get. There was an element of luck, as we saw. Watford were brilliant against Liverpool in that 3-0 win, but there was, a, there was an element of catching Liverpool on an off day, if Liverpool have a poor day, if we play to our best. But also it's a case of making sure that when we do get the chances, even if we don't score, we're building momentum. And I think you guys mentioned, I think Conroy mentioned about the momentum is in terms of it being at home, it's it's such a it's such a crucial word for teams that aren't in maybe outside the top six at home, and particularly when you're promoted from the championship, is 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 creating that atmosphere and building the momentum, and that's the stuff that we can control off the pitch. But on it, in terms of look, it's very difficult to say because you have so many match winners in your team that if Salah turns up tomorrow, the game's done. It, it's as simple as that. In my opinion, he's the best attacker in the world at the minute. He's the most informed player, arguably in the world at the minute. So if he turns up, look, it, it's game over for us. But one thing I wanted to ask you guys, just in terms of like the Liverpool perspective as well, is do you feel like this team is closer to a Rodgers 13-14 in terms of the style, it being very kind of, as you mentioned, the basketball match in that Brentford game, being a little bit, I, I kind of feel the Liverpool team at the minute is a little bit unbalanced from what I've seen. Whereas in 2019-20, I felt it was complete dominance throughout the pitch, whether it was at the back, in the midfield and up front as well. Whereas I feel at the moment, the only part where I feel Liverpool are playing ten out of ten is is that front three. Is is that fair, or am I being a bit? No, bit I think that's I think that's fair comment. I think that's very fair comment. Um, Chris, do you want to give your uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think it's quite thirteen fourteen. Uh, I do think the big thing for Liverpool at the moment is uh, Van Dijk, Matip, and Gomez. They're still finding their feet after big injuries, and I think that's the um, you know as well as Van Dijk's played this year he's nowhere near yet the level that we know Van Dijk can get to. And I wouldn't expect him to be after such a big knee injury. Um, and it, it's sometimes a little bit disjointed with, you know, Trent missing a few games. Midfield hasn't quite performed as we had liked. Um, I think some of the um, slag off the midfield is usual hyperbole of, um, that we see that it's, it's either brilliant or it's shit. And the truth's <laughs> somewhere in the middle. Uh, like I must admit, ever since we got, we got dominated by City, you will get dominated by City when they play six midfielders versus three. Do you know what? It's dead hard when it's six versus three. And also, you've got to say, City are really good, you know. So, I thought actually first five games, control-wise, we weren't too bad. Uh, it's just been the last probably two or three, Milan, Brentford and City, we've, we have hit a bit of a, a patch where we haven't controlled games the way we want. And you see that in Klopp's reaction. Uh, we kind of lost a little bit of bravery, I would say, in midfield. So, I'd, hopefully, Watford, that's where they're going to come back. Uh, we keep seeing the talk of, you know, if Genie was this, if Genie was that, look, at the end of the day, Genie's gone. Stop harping back for players who have gone. I, I'm a very old school. In fact, is once a player's gone, they're gone. I don't, I, I don't really give a shit once they've left Liverpool. So don't hark back to something that you didn't have. Yeah. Just um, my very good friend, Big Steve, in the chat. Can't wait for the excuses from Grizz. Listen, I don't think we'll need excuses, but um, you can get the violins out when I start bringing them out. <laughs> but thanks for, thanks for popping into our chat. Love you loads, mate. Catch up soon. Um Thank you for the for the super chat from Billy the Muslim. He says uh, we need to regain our fear, fearlessness once again. Players, possibly and especially fans, are full of doubt that we'll only come with a run of wins. Yeah, I mean, you know, that makes sense, right, Conroy? It's still fairly early, and I think Jake was spot on about 
sort of the only part of our machine, our old machine that's not functioning quite right is the midfield. But I think that makes sense as well because we've had so many chopping and changing in there. We haven't had a, a set midfield for possibly, I don't know if Laura Duffy's still there. Laura, can you find out for us <laughs> if we've how many times we've played the same central midfield? Um, so, yeah, check that out. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Conroy, it, it kind of makes sense with the, with the chopping and changing, yeah. right? No, I, I would say, Chris, I'd say a mixture of the chopping and changing and certain players um, being maybe having poorer games, like... I know people are kind of on Hendo at the moment. I don't think Hendo's been poor all season. I just think the last couple of games he's not been amazing. Um, but I feel like it's a mixture between that. I would also add as well that you've got the full-backs. Now, Jake Shimikas has been really good when he's came in. And Trent was really good when Robbo was quite not great at the start of the season. Then Robbo's came into form, but then Trent's missed a few games. So there's yeah. that to it as well. So I'm not saying that the midfield's probably the, the, the primary one we're talking about. But I feel like the timing of that's been a bit strange as well. So... I don't think Robbo and Trent have actually both played a good game this year. Trent's played had probably better games than Robbo, but when Robbo's had a good game, Trent's been missing or, you know, not had a great one. So it's, it's been a strange one, but I would, I would kind of reiterate, I feel like the midfield's understandable. I understand why Jake would, would see it that way. I do get that, mate. But see, like the Manchester City game, the way I looked at that is Man City, for me, are the best team in the league. 100%. And Liverpool could have got done in the first half, but we managed to keep, be resilient, stay in the game thanks to Alisson. And then second half, we showed what we can do. To me, that's actually made me more confident because I already know they're a better team. It's just about winning more matches than them. And, and you, and know, you can do that. Do you, know what I, do you know what I find scary just from an outside point of view looking at Liverpool is you mentioned the chopping and changing and still trying to find that balance in the midfield. You sit in second in the league, one point behind the top. I mean, that is yeah. scary for me looking at this Liverpool team. Now, Look, do I think Liverpool win the league? I think you'll be up there. Absolutely. But the fact that it hasn't clicked yet and you're, st- and you're only one point off the top, mate, that I, I think that's, if anything, that's probably a positive. That's why tomorrow's quite important, Jake, as well, because we want to just kind of keep that ticking away. And when it does click, we're not maybe, say, too far behind. But I think Chelsea and Man City are going to make it a bit of a, a barnstorming race and you need to be there or thereabouts. But oh, yeah, every week. Every week, the margin of error is, is, is slim, isn't it? And, and tomorrow's one of those games where you look back at a end of a campaign and say that was a, a crucial three points. Do you remember we went there after the international break with injuries and absentees and they had Mr. Ranieri taking charge and, you know, it was a 12.30 kickoff. What's your atmosphere like at 12.30 kickoffs? Because I don't like Anfield 12.30 kickoffs. I've been to a couple yeah. and they've been horrendous. So what's your atmosphere? I'm... I, I, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because you'll be up for it because of because of Ranieri. Absolutely, mate. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been to a 12.30 or been to a 12.30 where the atmosphere hasn't been flat. I, I genuinely, I mean, everyone's half awake. Like, I mean, people are kind of, the people aren't even having pints, they're having coffee in their seats. Do you know what I mean? They're waking up for the first 45 But that's minutes. why I think the first, first goal, or if we get an early goal, will be so mm-hmm. crucial, won't it? It will just kind of just deflate and, and sort of, you know, nothing's changed here type of attitude amongst yeah. the fans. Mate, I, I, I completely agree with that because not that I don't, th- I don't think as Watford fans, we would, we would uh, see it that way. But in terms of the players, if you're, if you're conceding the, uh, an early first goal against Liverpool, look, it is Liverpool, so look, one of the best teams in the league, but at the same time, just confidence is drained. It's very mm. difficult at that point, number one, to take control of the game again, stick to the game plan and then ride it out for what, the next 80 minutes or so with the belief that you can get back into the game because it's then that that counterbalance of, on the one hand, do you just try to kind of stay in the game and try and nick one in the last 10 yeah. minutes? 
or do you just go for broke? But then if you do that, then Liverpool are just going to going to absolutely ruin you. So yeah, it. I think you're, you're absolutely, you guys are absolutely bang on. It, the, the first goal tomorrow is probably is, is more crucial for. I mean, it's look. If we got the first goal, you'd still. Th- I'd still be sitting there thinking Liverpool had the quality to get back in the game within a couple of minutes. Whereas I think if Liverpool get the first goal, it's almost a deflation of the game's done. Mm. Well, on the back of that, Chris, pick us your Liverpool team um, that you think Klopp will pick. Not your preferred. We've done what we think we want to do. To hit me with your uh, prediction for tomorrow's game after what you think will be the lineup. Uh, I think it'll be Kelleher and Goal, Trent, mm-hmm. Matip, uh, Van Dijk and Robbo, mm-hmm. Henderson, Milner, Cater, Salah, Firmino and Manny. So you think Cater? Because that'll be his fourth game in ten days. Woohoo! Well, how often that, has he? How, how often has he done that since joining Liverpool? I know it's that's how sad it is at the moment that you know someone playing four games. We're like, whoa, what a what a thing! <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Here we go. We've got um, some moral support from uh, from uh, uh, for oh, Jake in the chat. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so go on, give us a prediction, Chris. Three one. Uh, Salah, Van Dijk, Mane, and I think Dennis for Watford. Excellent. Salah, Mane, and. Who's the other one? Sam Van Dyke. Oh, Van Dyke. Oh, you fancy a set piece. Yeah. They're quite a big team, aren't they, JJ? You got you guys are quite uh, sort of your high average height of your team. Yeah, you know what, mate? With a full strength team, we're pr- we're pretty physical. I just think with the players that we've got out, may not be as imposing, I think, unfortunately, in this sort of game. But look, we'll see. We'll see. Excellent. Um, Conroy, here us what, what you think Klopp will pick, not one of your Zanny own uh, imagination teams. Uh, what do you think Klopp? What, what do you think Klopp will pick, and what do you think the scoreline will be? Eleven Scottish pen. <laughs> Eleven Bravehearts. You're on mute, I think. Everyone, everyone, eh, thinks that. No, I, I'm not. I'm not that obsessed with it. I actually am going to shock you with this because I've changed my mind from during the week, um, having a, a further think about it. So I think it'll be Kelleher, Trent, uh, Matt at Van Dijk. I think Shimakas will play. So I feel like with Trent coming back, I think I think it, it's not even about more Shimakas. He has been in great form and, and so is Robbo. But I do think the Atletico game, Robbo, I'm not going to go on to it, but had a brilliant international break, but played quite a lot as well. Played played two 90 minutes, quite intense games, both of them. So I do think Shimakas will come in. I've changed my mind for that. Same midfield as, as Chris. I think Cater, Milner and Hendo. Probably Hendo in the six. I don't know if you maybe think Milner are being there, but probably will be Hendo. He's got the most experience there. However, folk would maybe say Milner's played better there recently. Um, and then my front three would be Firmino, Mane, and Salah. Firmino, Mane, Salah. So you'd live at Jota because of the. Just, I just think because of the. You'd be on the bench, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, just yeah. start with Bobby. And my, my prediction, I think we'll win 2 0, 0 2, and I'd say Mane and Salah. Nice one. Um, Jake, if 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 um if Conroy is predicting such a comfortable win, well, you guys are in trouble because you know he never does. He never does. It, exactly, not comfortable. So. I'm still. It's still going to be stressful. Just, oh, it's still you know. going to be stressful. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. But if Conroy is still left in him, um, <laughs> can't get rid of that drug. Can't get rid of that drug. <laughs> give, give, give us your thoughts on. Uh, well, you've given us your lineup. Give us give us your thoughts on the prediction of the game. But, oh, head or heart, Chris. Do both. Do both. The best, best way. 
my, dude, my, that's what I do. You know what I do? You know what I do, innit? We've yeah, yeah, true, yeah. So just give different scores and different okay. shows. And one of them so, you write and then say, I told you so. My head, so hopefully, is, is saying, is telling me it'll be a 3-1 Liverpool, uh, Liverpool. I think Salah will score two just because of his record against uh, against Watford. I mean, it's bloody ridiculous. I think I think the shout for Van Dijk at a set piece, I could potentially see that. So my head's telling me 3-1 with, with Dennis to score. My heart's telling me we'll scrape a 1-1. Uh, with Salah and Dennis scoring, so but look, it, I think it will be it will be unlikely if I'm honest, Chris. I mean, I'm not I'm not deluded. I know what I know who we're coming up against. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? So look, oh, we'll see. listen, you know what? And I know this is going to sound a bit small time, but genuinely, I'm so looking forward to seeing the likes of Mane, Salah, these world class players. Because look, I love Watford, but seeing these, I mean, I don't live far from the ground, and seeing these players up the road, I mean, for me, is amazing. So yeah. Can't wait! Can't wait to see some really good football tomorrow. And I hope it's a good game. To be honest, I hope it's an entertaining one for the neutral. Anyway, I hope so too. Because um, thanks to um, the wonderful Dean, I need to give him a shout on Twitter. Thanks to Dean, who's managed to sort me out with a ticket. I'm, I'm actually on the way tomorrow. Um, it's not it's not oh. far from me at all. Yeah, amazing. Um, the atmosphere. The last two times I've been at Watford, I was telling Jake, um, it's fantastic. It's probably on a par with Palace away. It's one of the it's one of the great away days. Um, uh, Easy to get to as well. Uh, the absolutely brilliant. Easy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I hope it's as comfortable as as as, as some of the guys have made out. It's going to be. I genuinely think these guy these kind of games are, are all about the result and not the performance. So I just think at the end of the day, I hope we get the three points. Um, it's been a fantastic show, guys. We always try to do an hour but the chat was so good and flowing. We didn't even get to discuss sort of transfer rumours and whatnot, like the Rafinha rumours and, and Ismail Saar. We didn't even get the chance to talk about. Um, but it's Friday now. I'm not going to keep hold of you guys too much. Um, Jakey, um, look, first and foremost, thank you very much for coming and let everyone know where they can find you for more of your absolute mm-hmm. great insight and content. Well, thank, you. thank you very much. Good pleasure. Thanks to the guys for Chris and Conroy for having me on as well. Top, top guys. Uh, yeah, look, if, you want to, if you want to watch some, some Watford fan content, learn a bit more about the club, I guess, uh, just check us out on, on WD18 on YouTube uh, and Twitter at WD18 fans. So we do a lot of Watford kind of similar stuff to you guys in terms of post-match chat previews. Uh, so yeah, you can check us out on there. So, Absolutely, and, and look, and, and look, and look. The viewers and, and and everyone in the chat has seen how level-headed he is, and I've got the pleasure of doing bits for him for, with him for ninety minutes, and he's he's an absolute gem. So I suggest everyone get over there and give him a follow and f- follow some of his content. Uh, Chris and Conroy, part of the team, absolutely heroes for me tonight. You are legends. Thank you very much for helping me out tonight. Cheers, Ravens, Chris. No, uh, Conroy, I think I mean no one's asked in the chat, but I mean I want to know from a personal point of view, like where is the cat? Like where have you done this? Not been one thing. <laughs> no, do you know what like, I've done? Do you know what, what I've done? done right? Um, I should wait. I saw. I, I should maybe stop doing this, but what I do before I come on the show, right? <laughs> I take her collar off now, so she just she is lying about here, but you just can't hear her because the bell's off the collar. So oh, it's just silence, you know. Idiots. But some of the comments, some of the comments are honestly, listen, Jake, my cat has genuinely got a better following than me. I've not got a following, but this cat has got a following. See, when I have a video and there's comments, it's just a picture of the cat and the bell emoji. That's what people yeah. call it. It's amazing, yeah. mate. Amazing. 
<laughs> the, cat's, the cat's probably more positive about Liverpool as well. Oh, 100%. Right? Yeah. 100%. Honestly, <laughs> you're not even wrong. She watches the games with me and she just oh, looks really? at me thinking, you're out of control, mate. You're out of control. But, no, but listen, guys, fantastic show. Don't forget to go and check out my sponsor, www.eliteme.com. Fantastic, fantastic CBD products. I'm an absolute advocate of them because I use them and it helps me snore at night. Uh, it's brilliant. I sleep like a log. Is that the right phrase? Because I'm known to say the wrong phrases. No, Chris, right. Can I just double check? That's the right one, mate. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. I sleep like a log. Um, it's been a fantastic show. We'll be back next week. We've got the Fatback 4 on Sunday. Wow, because it's Friday. So a couple of days away where we'll have a more in-depth chat about the game. Hopefully uh, a very vital three points that we've picked up and on we go. But until then, I'd like to thank all of you in the chat as well. It's been popping as usual, you know, sending out the maddest chats. Um, please like and subscribe if you haven't on the way out. Um, and I just want to thank all of you and we see you soon. Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network.